are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings, happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. I am Steve Dace, Todd, and Aaron will be joining us here in Un Momento. I'm in this Spanish phase right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> Me no habla the El Spanish show. We watched uh, Butch, Cassidy, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid for Family Movie Night last night, you know? And, you know, they spend half the movie trying to get to Bolivia to escape the posse. And, I mean, it's pretty hilarious. They have to be taught how to do uh, bank holdups in Spanish because they go in to do their first bank holdup in Bolivia and no one understands what they're saying. And they just kind of look at each other and just walk out. (laughs) (laughs) So the next several scenes are them over the next several days and weeks learning how to say, this is stick up, go back against the wall, learning how to say all these things in Spanish. And so, you know, the kids and I were watching it last night. We had some fun with it. So I'm on this like Spanish kick right now. Yeah, but your Spanish kick will only go to like Taco Bell levels of Spanish and it won't carry on beyond that. So this will fit in nicely with your ugly American thing. That's very true. I am proudly the ugly American. Yes. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And we did just wrap up our television show for CRTV. Let's give the audience a little preview. Aaron, I'll start with you. I don't particularly enjoy talking about uh, media malfeasance too much just because it's, um, it's baked into the cake. It's like it. The sky is blue, unless you live in Iowa, and the sky is always snowy or dark and cold. But sky is blue, the media sucks. Today I made an exception, because what we saw over the media from the vast majority of left-wing media, uh, over the weekend from the vast majority of the left-wing media, uh, just quite frankly pissed me off. I, on the other hand, love talking about uh, journalistic malfeasance. It's... It's kind of what I do, and uh, it's time for the airing of grievances because I didn't come close to getting it all out on the television show, so got a lot of problems with you people. I'm sure as we get into what happened over the weekend, uh, more time will be given uh, for your Festivus, Todd. Thank you. Uh, before we get to weekend news and views, two things. One, if you if you want to get to our television show today on CRTV, if you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, just go to CRTV.com, type in my name as a promo code, D-E-A-C-E, you'll get a discounted subscription, and you won't just get access to our show, but all of the shows here at CRTV, including the great one Mark Levin, Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty, uh, Acclaim, and, and so many others, Michelle Malk, and the list goes on and on, and, and then there's us, uh, uh, otherwise known as other programming. So just go to CRTV.com Type in our name as a promo code and you can get access to CRTV. The other thing before we get into the rest of weekend news and views, I have, I have some personal weekend news and views. All right. And so I'm, I'm going to throw this out there publicly for accountability. Okay. So I was doing some reading about this recently. And then I went to my original health guru guy, Jake, my buddy Jake, you guys have met before. And I asked him about it. And he totally signed off on, on it, does it himself. So... 
I've been doing some research on the benefits, particularly as you get older and your metabolism just isn't what it used to be. I've, I've been doing some research on the benefits of one-day fasts. And, you know, one of the things, unless you are training uh, in order for a particular athletic exercise, if you're, if you're training for weight loss or to get in better shape, then the more you can do to jerk your metabolism around, the better, because the way God made your body and when he made human bodies, we didn't have drive throughs You might eat once a day, you know, and so your body is made to conserve energy. That's why it's always easier to store fat and burn muscle than the other way around. And you have to retrain your body's metabolic rate to get it to do the opposite. And that's where weight loss and improved physical conditioning comes in, right? Okay, so... I've been doing some reading about the benefits of one-day fasts for really jerking your metabolic rate around. I'm going to, I've made the decision, I'm going to try this, okay? And I, I went back and forth on what day a week to try it on. I don't work out on Thursdays. So I thought, because my, my big concern was after I'm done working out, Where's my energy level the rest of the day if I don't replenish? So I thought about not doing it on Thursdays, but the way our schedule works here with our production for our show and the other duties I have, my schedules like Mondays and Tuesdays are crazy. And then like the rest of the week, slowly but surely, it lightens the load. And so my concern was mentally, if I had more free time on a Thursday, would my resolve stay up? And so I went to a day like a Tuesday where I'm very busy typically on Tuesdays, but I work out those days. And so I decided, would I rather have the trade-off of fighting energy or the mental resolve? And after talking it over with my buddy Jake, I'm going to do it on Tuesdays. Because I could also somewhat alter my work schedule, meaning workout schedule. Meaning I have a cardio day later in the week. I can make that my Tuesday so that I'm not breaking my body's mus- muscle down with a lot of weightlifting and then not putting the protein back in my system. You see what I'm saying? So... I'm going to try this, and and the reason I'm going to try it this week is Lent is coming up, and I thought beyond just the physical benefits of seeing what it might do to my metabolism, see if I can take my fitness to the next level, I thought if I added another spiritual component to it, that would just be one more layer of accountability that would help me to stick to this, all right? So... um, Jake was pretty adamant the first few weeks, if you struggle with it, don't like let your body crash, have a protein bar, and you still don't get quite the benefits of a full fast, but it's a, it's a way to condition your body. But I'm going to try and actually go all the way with it. And I'm going to start this tomorrow, okay? Because tomorrow's Tuesday. Uh, and Lent actually begins on Wednesday with Valentine's Day. So that's close enough. So... I'm putting this out there now so that you guys can help hold me accountable on this. And to warn us that if you're completely insufferable, that's why. You know that you know that Aretha Franklin Snickers commercial from a few yes. years ago? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that may happen. That may I don't think I don't think you'll have an issue with it because of when we uh, do most of our show stuff tomorrow. I'm more concerned about my family about five, six o'clock tomorrow. I'm more concerned about uh, growling at them. You know, uh, I think you guys, I'll still have, you know, the uh, um, 
adrenaline rush and everything that comes with doing the show and performing for the audience and those sorts of things. Uh, I'm more concerned about what I'm going to be like around five, six, seven o'clock tomorrow that you guys aren't going to be around so, me then, so you don't have to worry about it. Is this at all, no eating at all? I'm, I'm doing green tea and I'm doing green tea, water, and if I need some flavoring, um, you guys know I love my Coke Zero, but, and this is where you have to watch when you drink sugar-free drinks, some of the formulas in some people will spike, meta, will spike your insulin levels and some will not, all right? So Coke Zero does not spike my insulin level, so I drink that because I also don't really care for the taste of Diet Coke, but the 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 potassate sweetener or potassium sweetener or something that they use in Coke Zero it's it will it does tend to spike insulin levels if you're fasting meaning you've not fed your body food then then it does tend to in the research see I put some research into this man okay so um I may, I'll, I'll be off the Coke Zero that day. I may switch to a Diet Coke or two just to put another flavor in my body. But yeah, that's what I'm going to try. But this includes after sundown. You can't, it's it's the whole day. It's from the day I get up, from the time I get go up to bed. until I go to bed. So it's not just a yeah. Christian fast and that's yeah. hey, and after sundown. Right. Okay, wow. So I'm you can try. eat up until like mid, uh, whenever you go to bed. Yes. The day before. Yeah. And you will be doing that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot because it also has some cleansing opportunities and things of that nature so I'm going to try it okay well, we'll see I'm, how it goes I'm fasting every Friday and this Wednesday so we'll, we'll right. compare notes okay yeah I mean if you want to know what to expect as far as your mood goes just I don't know however I act every day I'm always hangry so <laughs> <laughs> not to turn the attention on me but <laughs> It's okay. You're Just, a millennial. We were we were anticipating it. Uh, I do have some green tea over there. It's decaffeinated, super basic, high V brand. Help yeah. yourself. I'm I'm in on that. Okay. I'm in on that. All right. So enough enough about that though. So we've already spent a good five minutes on it. I just wanted to throw that out there for some happy trails. All right. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Weekend news and views. Where do we begin, Aaron? Well, we'll start with the budget um, sham. The House passed a two-year budget deal just before dawn on Friday. Matching Senate actions hours earlier and ending a brief federal government shutdown by a vote of 240 to 186. The finished at 533 a.m. The House approved a spending plan. Speaker Paul Ryan said in a statement moments after the passage, ultimately, neither side got everything it wanted in this agreement. But we have reached a bipartisan compromise that puts the safety and well-being of the American people first. Federal government shut down at the stroke of midnight after the Senate couldn't pass a spending bill over objections of Senator Rand Paul. The upper chamber later approved the bipartisan pact, 71 to 28, about 1.52 a.m., capping a late night of theatrics by Paul, who thought the legislation was too costly and used procedural powers to block it for as long as he could. His move was enough to cause a technical shutdown. Daniel Horowitz says this spending bill is even worse than you thought. He says, one, you might have heard that spending is increased by almost 300 billion. It's really right around 420 billion. Two, he says, increased health care spending will ensure that we never restore a consumer-driven market and therefore will never fix the debt crisis. Three, he says, given that the spending offsets will never materialize, 
This will add well over $100 billion in net interest payments over the next 10 years. And number four, he says, here's the kicker. In just nine years, interest on the debt will rise from about $300 billion to over $800 billion because of rising interest rates. So all's well that ends when... No. Well, there is no fiscal conservatism in America. Um, let me stop for a second and say this. What I'm about to say is not meant to be moral approval of this. There's no way in hell I'd have ever voted for it. Okay? And I've gotten some notes from some former Ted Cruz people very disappointed that he did. Like, where's the guy who stood up to the ethanol industry to win the Iowa caucuses? You guys have always heard me say for years, eventually everybody in this system comes to a point. The, the goal of this system is to put everybody who would dare challenge it in impossible situations. <clears throat> so that if they, may, if they stick to their principles, they've alienated so many people by doing so that they get removed from office. And then if they, if they don't stick to their principles, then they prove yet again, everybody has a price, so don't even bother to challenge us. All right. People were bragging, well, you know, his buddy Mike Lee voted no. His buddy Mike Lee voted no after he was out there pimping Ivanka care last week. Okay. And you want to know why Ted voted yes? I haven't talked to him. I can just tell you why, because I know him. It's one thing to stand up to the ethanol industry. That we've never seen anybody actually do that in the Iowa caucuses. So mass credit for that. It's another thing when they come to you and say, We're gonna put your state's disaster relief in this budget. So are you really going to vote against your own state's disaster relief when you're up for re-election statewide? And that's simply the reality here of what happened. I don't have to call him. I don't have to ask. I just know. I know him. I know the people around him. I, I, I know the system. The reality is the system looks to put guys like Ted Cruz in impossible situations like this. Because they want to prove to people like you listening to us right now that eventually everybody has a price. And as long as we have this two-party unibrow duopoly, everybody does. That's why I actually encouraged Ted and his people to run for president long before I was thinking of supporting him in the 2016 run. When they were kicking the tires, I encouraged them, some candidates, I encouraged several other candidates to run, by the way. I encouraged a couple of candidates not to run who did, and they should have listened to me. But... um, <clears throat> I encouraged him to run. And one of the things I said to Ted at the time was, you're, the, you're this era's Rick Santorum. People forget, because we have the attention spans of gnats. In the 90s and early 2000s, Rick Santorum was Ted Cruz, guys. He was. He was every conservative organization. They wanted him to be the keynote speaker. He was, he was John McCain was losing his mind over Rick Santorum back in those days, like he's losing it about Ted Cruz now. And I used the, the Rick Santorum cautionary tale for, Rick, for Ted and his team, telling him, hey, Rick, eventually, they, they found what his price point was. And that was a Senate primary, divisive Senate primary in his own home state with Toomey and Arlen Specter. And the Bush administration said, what will it take to get you to get our guy Specter and stop Toomey from winning that seat? And his price was? Supreme Court nominations. And out of that, they went one for two. John Roberts has been a disappointment. Samuel Alito has not been. 
But And Rick will tell you nowadays that's why he made that decision. That's what he got out of that deal. But, it, but that him making that deal is also why he's never going to be a national candidate for office, ever, again. Well, Stevie won Iowa and was the runner-up because everybody else flamed out. I mean, for the you were you were we were working for that campaign, as I recall, Todd, in twenty twelve. Not directly, but uh, yeah, yeah, volunteering yeah. or something. I mean, I interviewed him a million times. Every time I had him on, what was the first question you think I got? Ask him about Arlen Specter. His his name in Iowa until everybody else flamed out. It was like his name was Rick Santorum who endorsed Arlen Specter. And so I I use that same argument on Ted and his people in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. If you are thinking of running, do it now. The longer you're in Washington, the harder it will be to avoid betraying some constituency because Washington exists to get you to betray your constituencies. That is its entire goal. If, if there was never mass disaster, if, if Houston did not suffer one of the worst natural disasters in American history last September, does anybody here believe Ted Cruz votes for this budget? Nope. But it did, and their disaster relief is in there. So dude's going to feel like he has to vote for it. I'm not approving that either. I'm just telling you what the what's up, and that is the what's up. Outside of listeners to shows like this and some people in the conservative blogosphere, there is not a market for limited government in America. We've been telling you that for several years now. There's not an argument for fiduciary responsibility, and no Lamar Alexander and Bob Corker voting against this budget aren't heroes. Because they also voted against your tax cuts. And they voted to they voted to burst the spending caps. So it is what it is. And as as well, Steve, we're gonna the rates will go up some. Some interest rates, some of the interest rates will go up, there's no doubt about that. But they're never going up to the 13, 14, 15, 18, 20 percent your parents and grandparents faced. That's never gonna happen. Because the reason your grandparents and parents faced that is they were in a real economy. You're not. You and I don't live in a real economy. We live in a manufactured bubble. And when one micro bubble pops, like um, the housing market did in 08 and 09, the student loan market will soon pop. They'll just create the next bubble in order to compensate for that. There is no foreign power that we owe our debt to that is going to call in the note. Think the Shycoms want to run our welfare state? They already have one of their own. And we're buying all, all their widgets. They got the best end of the deal, man. We're making interest payments to them, and we're buying the goods they manufacture and propping up their economy on both ends. We prop up their economy and help them pay for the army they have, which is the only one in the world that can compete with ours. Why the hell would the Shycoms call in the note, guys? They wouldn't. There's, there's, there's nowhere for Ron Paul's doomsday scenario to actually take place because the whole thing is Xanadu. None of this is real. It's, it's cherry girl and I'm going to get you sucker. Her boobs aren't real. The nails aren't real. The eyelashes aren't real. None of this is real. And so if you're going to burden people with this much debt anyway, then you bet your sweet bippy it's moral to give them a tax cut and give them some of their damn money back. It is not anti-conservative or a betrayal of conservative principles to cut taxes when you have the largest government in human history. It's anti-conservative and a betrayal of conservative principles to have the largest government in human history. We have it backwards here. Okay? Just my thoughts. You guys are welcome to your own. Well, 
Donald Trump is, and again, I <clears throat> footnote this the same way you did. I'm not apologizing for this, but Donald Trump is just running the government the way he runs his business. Yeah. This, that's what that's exactly he, right. That is what he's doing here without any of the risk. I mean, he was, he had no, you know, Trump stakes, Trump everything, multiple bankruptcies, throwing stuff against us, uh, the, the Miss America contest, all that stuff. He's still going to go into all that stuff he wants to, but now he doesn't have the risk of uh, uh, bankruptcy himself. Uh, an, another government, uh, as you said, uh, behind him may have to clean up a mess. Maybe not. He'll blame somebody else uh, for whatever he does wrong. That's how he rolls. Um, This isn't really uh, complicated uh, in that regard. And as for uh, Paul Ryan... And his bit of nonsense about, well, we didn't get everything he wanted. Well, here's what I want. What did we get that we did want? That's the real question here. If you were going to do all this, you you had some leverage. I mean, you had a way with the American public to say, look, look man, we're not, we're not misers here. But we're asking for this one thing. What did we get? Does anybody know? What's the thing that Democrats are really complaining about, that they had a compromise on this? Anyone? I have no idea what we got out of this. Nothing. Nothing. And so Donald Trump can also do go forward doing whatever he wants to, knowing that there won't be that complaint uh, from the GOP uh, Congress of any seriousness. I mean, I, listen, the Freedom Caucus, I know they, they put up a, a stink on that, but listen, I've been saying this for a while. They clearly have zero sway. They can't do anything. It's it, I, Those guys should go run in the for seats in their state legislature they'd be uh better off in there because donald trump is basically being apologized for by everybody on the right he can count on that he can do this kind of deal and not be viewed as a republican failure Mm -hmm. he's 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 governing steve he's making the trains run on time and so you're right, you're absolutely right. This is really there, well. There's no appetite for real conservative uh, governance. The, the median age of the average Fox News viewer is 68. Okay. The average Fox News viewer is Trump's base. They're 68 years old. If they're 68 years old, what does that mean? They're probably on Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, whatever, yeah, everything. Yeah. And and it also means that since they're baby boomers. These systems, they inherited these systems from their parents, which means their entire adult lives, they paid into these systems. Mm-hmm. The idea, and they're the and they're and and they're by far, it's not even close, folks. People talk about everybody from Bernie Sanders to Ted Cruz talks about we are gonna recut, we're gonna cut fraud and abuse and waste. That's nothing. Nothing. I think the entire military is like 13% of the budget, okay? The overwhelming biggest expenditures we have. Rand Paul, cut foreign aid. Well, I'm, I'm morally for that, by the way. But again, that's a drop in the bucket. Overwhelmingly, your deficits are the result of entitlement spending. And there's no close second. It laps the field, in fact. So you're going to tell, so you're going to ask a 70-year-old president who inherited the worst deficits in human history to begin with, whose base... What, it, 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 on average, is, is a 68-year-old who watches Fox. And you really believe he's going to look at his own generation after they paid 50 years into this system. And they're now cashing out. Hey, guys, you got to bite the bullet here. 
no, guys. <laughs> no. There is no market for limited government. And the people our age, you know, it's funny, the 68-year-old the Fox News watcher 30 years ago wanted Social Security privatized in the 80s and the 90s. Why don't they want Social Security privatized anymore, Todd, do you think? Because they're on well, it now. Because, yeah, it's their our, time. Our, our, our generation will do the same. So will his. Just we keep kicking the... That's the Treason never prospers. What's the reason? Because whenever treason prospers, none will dare call it treason. So until someone with more nuclear vessels than we have and more tanks is willing to show up at the city gate Nebuchadnezzar style uh, you know Attila the Hun style Genghis Khan style and say hey we want your resources because you're in debt because that's how we used to roll when you used to be a debtor nation back in the day and you couldn't pay your debts and you had resources that the, the countries you owed debt to what did they do? Their conqueror rolled into your hometown, raped your women, took them back home, killed your kids, burned your plantation, and took your natural resources as their own. Isn't that how the human civilization pretty much worked for about uh, 5,000 years? Tell me who's going to do that now. Deutsche Bank? Who's doing that? Do you know who's going to do that? The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, they're going to do that? Who's going to do that? So you can get, send me all the Ron Paul theories and everything else. Listen, I morally agree with his views. They're, they're, we, just, we don't live in the moral world that he's calculating. We live in a different one. We live in a fantasy land. So until somebody comes along, let me tell you when the U.S. economy collapses because of debt. I'll just tell you. It won't be for any actual economic factor. It will be, this is why Trump's tariffs are a terrible idea. Another reason why. When the time comes that we're not buying as much of their goods as they would like. That's when the note comes due, guys. And not until then. Not until then. Because there is, there is no force on Earth that is going to park outside the Pacific or Atlantic Oceans or fire an ICBM because our debt load's too high. Tell me who it is. We also have something that previous debtor nations didn't have. A Federal Reserve. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, okay, okay, uh, uh, we're ordering uh, $10 million, $100 bills uh, here today. And then uh, it'll be $5 million, $50 bills tomorrow. Can you guys uh, run those on the printer for us? Yes, we'll get those for you right away, Mr. President. Thank you. We're just printing paper, guys. And it's you know why that, printer, that paper is valuable? You ever been to the Pentagon? That's why it's valuable. It's valuable because we can kick your ass. That's why it's valuable. Not because there's any commodity behind it, any gold or silver, any, any sort of objective economic value reinforcing the value of our currency. Let me tell you what's reinforcing the value of our currency. The most potent and powerful military force ever devised by man. That's what's back in your currency. You don't have the gold standard anymore. You have the military standard, bitch. That's what you have. That's the reality. That is the reality. This is the world in which we live. You can yell and scream and shake your fist at reality. That's great. 
you can drop out of reality. I mean, if you're one of those people, oh, I'm just morally offended. They cut my taxes with this much debt. You know what? I'd say the same thing to you. If you're one of those types of conservatives, I said to Democrats about the tax cuts. If you feel that strongly about the debt, pay more. Pay more. Send more money in. Say, I want the, an, an earmark it for the national debt. Just put that right on the memo line. Just send it in. None of this is real. None of it is. None of it is. The whole thing's a bubble. The only bubble you have to worry about popping is someone whose military can kick the ass of ours. Until that happens, nothing will largely change. And when one party gets into power, they will put in economic policies that favor their constituencies and don't favor the others. So this Republican tax plan is great unless you were looking at a massive SALT deduction in a high-tax progressive state where your property values are completely beyond bloated, bubbled, inflated, where a 1,700-foot ranch in San Diego uh, with, you know, with, two, with one and a half baths built in 1978 is $1.2 million, okay? But we're on price to sell this week with the property brothers, so that's cool. Now, if you're in those communities that all vote Democrat, you're screwed. Rest of America, though, that doesn't live in those propped up bubble property value cultures getting a great deal on the Trump economy. And next time the Democrats win an election, they'll create an economy that pays off their constituents and back and forth will go. Those would be the only changes until someone has a military that can park their submarines outside the Atlantic and say, next stop, the 202. Until that happens, nothing will change by and large. Well, matter what the deficit is, what the debt is, et cetera. Tell me I'm wrong. Go ahead. The floor is you guys. Am I wrong? No. Again, my only frustration, and that's a bit of a battle out there right now this weekend, those who are saying, you know, this is, this is exactly what must be fought versus that you can't, there's, there's no point fighting it because there's nobody there to act on your behalf uh, to change it. So what the real crime is, again, not leveraging this yes, reality. Yes, that's exactly right. The issue is not the debt. It's not, le- it's not leveraging it to get something from the system that you want. Right. You're paying into it. That's why I don't feel any guilt or remorse. If anything, the tax cut wasn't big enough. You're asking me to work half my year for you. No, I feel no guilt or remorse at all that you gave me between two to $5,000 of my money back, depending on what my exemptions and itemizations are. I feel no guilt at all. Do you feel any guilt for that? None. None, nor should you. If anything, you ought to feel anger that that's all they gave you back. Oh, that's, I am angry. That, and no one can really answer in terms of this budget uh, on, the, on the life issue. Any number of things you could have picked to fight for, it's not there. Next headline, Aaron. In a letter addressed to White House Chief of Staff General John Kelly and White House Counsel Don McGahn, 12 Democratic senators led by Senator Richard Blumenthal have asked whether Kelly was previously made aware of the allegations against Rob Porter. The letter also asks why Porter did not have security clearance. The letter follows reports suggesting that both Kelly and McGahn had began uh, to be made aware of the allegations against Porter but failed to act on them, according to a report from ABC News corroborated by a close uh, corroborated by other sources. Kelly has expressed his willingness to resign over the matter, although he has since denied this. 
Porter, who is currently in a relationship with White House Communications Director Hope Hicks, announced his resignation last Wednesday after the unearthing of domestic abuse allegations from two of his ex-wives, Colby Holderness and Jennifer Willoughby, who shared stories and photo evidence of alleged repeated physical abuse. This is a tough story for me. As I talked about before, I grew up in a home with domestic abuse. And while that certainly raises your awareness, it could also put you in a position, if you're not careful, that you preemptively judge and uh, hang people before they're proven uh, deserving of said uh, punishment. I actually think the letter the Democrats sent here, having not read it, but just the, high, the, the two bullet points that Aaron mentioned, I think those are perfectly reasonable questions to ask. Um, given a lifelong patriot military man like General John Kelly, who's having his honor called into question as it currently is, I would think he'd be eager if he's being falsely railroaded here. I, I would think he would be eager to step forward and correct the record on this. Um, And I have no idea why anybody is okay. Unless you just realize that your whole reason for being or career path is solely reliant on Donald Trump. For the other 99% of America, I have no idea why anybody's, you would not be uncomfortable with the amount of people in positions in the White House who either don't qualify or haven't applied for security clearance. That's banana republic stuff, guys. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry, actually. It is. It is banana republic stuff. And if this if this were the Obama administration where that was a, where that was a factoid, it's all anybody in my industry would have done on their shows for the last 48 hours. Yeah, but they're having lots of fun right now mocking the uh, the portraits of the Obamas. So they got other things to do, Steve. And Hope Hicks, good grief. Um, wasn't she with Corey Lewandowski too? She was with Corey Lewandowski too? before. Yeah. Need to keep your eye on the ball, girl. Um, this. Uh, there's they, a, I, I, I seemingly want to start humming tailed as old as time here yeah where well, she's concerned but uh, maybe I'll that, just keep that to yeah, myself that's where I was I was actually going to go I'd really like to thank you know, speaking of baked into the cake bad people work in the Trump White House yeah but I'd really like to thank um, Paula White Reverend Paula White and the rest of the oh. spiritual leadership council Ooh. for helping uh, Donald Trump uh, you know keep his Keep his hand on the rudder, morally speaking, of this White House. It's fantastic. Let's close in prayer and go home. That was great, Todd. Even I winced at that, and I don't (laughs) wince at much. (laughs) Even I I winced at that. He went there. Uh, One more headline. House Intelligence Committee ranking Democrat Adam Schiff says he plans to meet with the FBI to hear concerns about a Democratic rebuttal to a Republican intelligence memo alleging FBI abuses of its surveillance authority. Schiff told CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday, we're going to sit down with the FBI and go through any concerns that they have and any legitimate concerns over sources and methods. The memo from the committee's Democrats rebuts allegations in the memo from the panel's Republicans that accuses the FBI of suppressing Democratic ties to an opposition research dossier on then-candidate Donald Trump and Russia used in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant for former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor Carter Page. That's a smart play 
on his part. That's why I think it would have been a smarter play for the president to go ahead. I, we talked about this on the TV show today. Just unveil the shift memo and put all the redactions in there and put the onus back on him. What, what would what really would put the president in a corner with the shift memo uh, is if Schiff indeed gets who is the uh, is Christopher Ray, former Chris Christie aide, by the way, is the current head of the FBI. I mean, if, if he were to put out his memo and get a statement from Christopher Ray, who Trump personally appointed to run the FBI, saying we find nothing in this memo of any national security urgency uh, or danger whatsoever in its current form, uh, that would really make it impossible for Trump, don't you think, to not disclose it at that point? But then, if you're Trump, maybe just wait and see what the next totalitarian regime the media will spend a weekend having tantric sex with and realize everybody will forget you know, what an Adam Schiff is 48 hours later when the same media who wonders why you don't want to believe their anonymous sources is out there fawning that. You know, I can see why North Korea made their women eat all that tree bark. It's great for their complexion and their makeup is really on fleek right now. So maybe if you're Trump, you just play that game. You just, you just decide you're just going to wait out the next you know, media facepalm where everybody's attention will just be distracted by the fact you know, you're acting as a complete partisan hack and not as a commander-in-chief trying to get to the bottom of the truth because it's very likely, Todd, the media will provide you that opening yeah. here ex post haste. That's why he's never under tremendous pressure. Ever. The media will overreact to everything. So that's he, he's just not worried about that. Uh, I think the thing he actually, and I said this on the television show, I think Schiff tr- tried to trump Trump. And I bet he's just like, bloviating nonsense but it was about trump and that's something trump won't stand he's he will not air that and i bet that's what happened one more quick story uh speaking of president trump he unveiled his 1.5 trillion dollar new uh, infrastructure plan today <laughs> nice freudian slip he's suggesting that the federal government only fund a fraction of it he's only asking for 200 only only 200 billion dollars and that will uh, generate uh, apparently He's, he's, he's saying it's going to generate $1.3 trillion from private companies to further invest in these state infrastructure plans. He's running it like he's it, running his it, business. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a new deal. Yeah. I, I mean, we have, we, have, we have a history of these boondoggles in Iowa, right? <laughs> the movie industry. Oh, yes. right? We're only going to do these sorts of tax cuts and subsidies, and and then corporate America will take that lead, and and it'll be a great boon to the Iowa taxpayer. We've seen several of these. I would have They'll taken. They like us. Told, They'll really I, like us. Ethanol. In, in defense of Chuck Grassley, boy, that indoor rainforest. The would indoor make rainforest. A great yes. date a place. Yeah, for me and the, my in, girlfriend. Grassley's indoor rainforest. Ethanol. Um, the aforementioned movie credit industry we had which was a total boondoggle. And then there was uh, just uh, how many jobs? What, what, did, what did our former Governor Branstead gave Apple? Like how many millions of dollars? Oh, yeah. Like it was 20 jobs? Like hundreds of millions for like... Uh, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. Microsoft, yeah. Google, Apple. Sure. So these sorts of things never pan out, but that's how he's done business for years. So it adds up. I, I'll be interested to see the details of this plan. But it, it sounds to me like a 21st century New Deal, which is what we said to you last year when we first heard about this infrastructure program. Now, one thing I should mention, there is a story breaking as we are talking right now. 
So we're going to reserve any hot takes on it because by the time this gets uploaded online today, who knows what is up with this story. But there is a story breaking right now that um, uh, the president's daughter-in-law, the the wife of Don Jr., um, was rushed to the hospital after opening up a piece of mail with a suspicious white powder. Oh. Um, it appears that first responders were able to decontaminate her preemptively, just in case. We don't know what the suspicious white powder is. Remember, we've had suspicious white powders sent many times to members of Congress since 9-11. Sometimes it's turned out to be bad things. Sometimes it's not. But it's always best to err on the side of caution in the world we live in today where those things are concerned. So that's a story that is literally breaking right as we are finishing taping our podcast today. So that is something to to keep an eye on. Um, We would be remiss without mentioning. Can I bring up a couple of things so we just don't leave it on there really quickly? Sure, I was going like to give your, you guys a chance to raise your final thoughts, so the floor is yours. Go my ahead. final thoughts are regarding uh, North Korea and the Olympics and, and the press coverage, and I, I have two thoughts. Uh, when you put when the optics are of Vice President Mike Pence and Kim Jong Un's sister in the same box, obviously Twitter and the press are going to have some fun with that. But if you are actually tweeting out. That Mike Pence not standing up for the national anthem of North Korea with its track record is the same thing as NFL football players not standing up for their own. I actually saw this. Delete your account and a lot more in your life. Because your soul, you've already deleted your soul pretty much. And that's not the, that's, that's like the up with people uh, thing I wanted to say. Secondly, Steve, you celebrated, uh... Noah's birthday this weekend, correct? Did. 11, Love your boy. 11th birthday yesterday. Told to, told about uh, some pictures uh, and told stories about how rough it was on him and your wife, your whole family when he was born. We're doing all of this fawning. Can you imagine right now what Otto Warmer's father is feeling after all this? Yeah. When his son was jailed there and brought back in a coma? Are we talking about that? I know. I know. And I put that in the context of your boy's birthday. Uh, God help you, American press. God help you. Yeah. That. Anymore, I feel like I've become so desensitized, and this is not good, but I'm so, so desensitized to the media uh, and what they bring to the table that I'm just not surprised by anything. I just laugh like that video that was floating around today, Todd, that you retweeted Conan O'Brien congratulating Haiti for their, uh, I don't know, 100th or 200th birthday or something like that. He said, now go out, go uh, blow out your your pile of tires Mm. from the same guy who was doing puff pieces on Haiti like two or three weeks ago because of Trump's alleged comments. I that type of stuff I just laugh at but what we saw this weekend Todd said it on the TV show and I don't want to give it away but this this American media's attitude towards its own country is nothing short of astounding progressivism is a complete uh, it, it is totally a disease it is a disease of the mind it rots the body and this well it rots the soul and eventually if it's taken to its logical conclusion will rot your body or others around you 
because of what it purports. It is it is despicable. And what we saw this weekend was progressivism 101. Well said, both of you. I, I, I couldn't add to it, so I won't try. And those are, those are both fitting final words. Thanks to everybody for tuning in here today on Westwood One. Don't forget, you can catch the television show today at CRTV.com. And that we love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.